Thanks for tuning in to the Revival Tabernacle Podcast. Wherever you may be listening from, we hope that this message encourages you in the unwavering, unconditional love of Jesus Christ. Join us as we reach sinners, raise believers, and release leaders. Please enjoy the message from the RT Pulpit. Pastor Eli, it's Pastor Eli today. Isn't Pastor Eli the best thing since sliced bread? Hallelujah. I think so. Pastor Eli is an amazing quiet storm. I always call him the quiet storm. Before you know it, some of y'all don't even see it. He is getting things in order. His nickname is the bishop, and he always keeps us in order and keeps us in line. And how many people know you need somebody like that in your life? I'm preaching already. I hope y'all know my nickname. It's zero to 60 seconds. Dr. J, can you help me out real quick? It's zero to 60 seconds. Oh, y'all know I'm already preaching. Amen. You need somebody in your life that's going to hold you accountable. Hallelujah. And somebody in your life that's going to help you along the way. And Pastor Eli is that. He helps me in so many ways. So why don't y'all give God praise for him one more time. Amen. Well, praise God. We're going to go to today's episode. Today's episode is one of my favorite shows as a teenager. It is Saved by the Bell. Somebody say Saved by the Bell. Come on, somebody got to talk a little louder. I I hear you, Sister Angel, in the back. Somebody say Saved by the Bell. Now, I want you to talk to your neighbor real quick because I believe that in participation today, if you don't like your neighbor, you're going to like them by the time you're done today. I want you to look at your neighbor and say, I want to tell you, neighbor, Come on, tell your neighbor, I want to tell you, neighbor, I'm so grateful that I was saved by the bell. Okay, I want you, uh uh-uh, no, no, y'all not excited about that yet. I want you to go ahead and talk to your other neighbor and say, neighbor, I'm so grateful this morning that I was saved by the bell. I want you to stand up on your feet and I want you to look across those aisles and get excited today because I believe God is getting ready to do something mighty in this place. I want you to look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, I don't care what you've been going through and I don't care what you are facing. Jesus saved you by the bear. Now, if you're excited about it, you ought to give God praise. Come on, somebody ought to shout in this place if you believe it. Hallelujah. I only got 13 more points and I'm up out of here. Point number 13. You, listen, 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 17. It says, you will not need to fight in this battle. Stand firm. Hold your position. Somebody say, hold your position. And see the salvation of the Lord on your behalf. O Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid. Somebody say, do not be afraid. And do not be dismayed tomorrow. Somebody say, tomorrow. Go out against them and the Lord will be with you. Second Chronicles chapter 20, verse 17 says, you will not need to fight in this battle. Stand firm and hold your position and see the salvation of the Lord on your behalf, O Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid and do not be dismayed tomorrow. 
Go out against them, and the Lord will be with you. When we look at Saved by the Bell, we can see that this was a show that ran from 1989 to 1993. And I don't know about you, but that era was one of the greatest eras ever. We had the coolest stuff. I was so excited to be a part. I loved the clothes. And one of my favorite characters was my own namesake, which was Lisa. Because Lisa, well, I, hallelujah, somebody say thank God for Lisa. Lisa was not only a fashionista, but she was amazing. She had a, a standard about herself. She was really, really pretty, and I love that she never cared if any of the boys looked at her. She knew who she was. Lisa can, can um, actually teach us a very important lesson because some of us are trying to be people pleasers and worry about everybody else's opinion instead of worrying about what God says about you. And so when I look at the example at Lisa, I'm encouraged. Zach, I love Zach, not just Zach Johnson, but I love Zach in the TV show because Zach was always the mastermind. He was also the troublemaker at the same time. Some of you got to be careful about the troublemaker and the mastermind that is in your life. How many people know, and some of you might not be able to raise your hand because you was the mastermind and the troublemaker, but there are people in your circle that sometimes will geek you up into the wrong situation. Yeah. Oh, I'm preaching to myself today. There are people in your circle who will get you to be outside of what God has called you to do and geek you to go there. You don't think I'm true? Listen, listen, listen to me. When you are dancing and you know you already going too far, it be your girl in the corner, you better get it, girl! Then all of a sudden, the troublemaker gets you inspired to go a little further. Okay. Some of y'all haven't always drank, hallelujah, the right things in the red cup. Somebody ought to just say amen. And somebody encouraged you just to drink a little bit more. Because after all, we came to the party and we came to have some fun. Listen, God is warning us today through the example of Zach. What I loved about Zach, by the time he was done, he actually understood the power of his consequences. Some of us are suffering now because we are living in the consequences that we allow somebody else to egg on. Today I came to help you by way of the Holy Spirit and my favorite person, and not for spiritual reasons. It was AC. Because AC was actually very cute. A.C. was suave, and he was the sportsman, and I loved A.C. Every time he would come on the screen, that was the first time that I saw somebody brown like me on TV that I wanted to be like with Lisa. But then when I saw A.C., I was like, oh, A.C.'s a little bit cute. But one thing about A.C. that I like, he had an endurance and a perseverance. When we look at the favorite episode, episode 29, it's called Jesse's Song where she overdosed on caffeine pills. And in this episode, she was trying to get a better grade in her algebra class, and she began to pop pills so she could stay up and study more. And this was the first time, has anybody had a mama that did the try it phenomenon? Anybody had a mama that, that was like that? I was watching the episode, and you know how sometimes you can be doing something, but it's not you that's actually doing it, but your mama? have that try it phenomenon on them. And so what happened when I was watching the episode, my mom just began to look at me with those beautiful mother eyes, looking like, I want you to try it <laughs> and see what happens. <laughs> it's the try it phenomenon. You know that, that kid in the mall that's acting a fool 
and they falling all out on the floor and you look at your kid with the try it phenomenon <laughs> and looking like, I want you to try that today. When I started watching Saved by the Bell, every time Zach got in trouble, every time something happened, my mom would just look at me. She didn't have to say a word. Did anybody have a mama like that where they didn't have to say a mumbling word? Just look at me with mother eyes and just, I want you to try that. I want you to see how that work out in your favor. If, you got a wit if I got a witness today, somebody ought to say out your name, man. But today's focus is not about the show. It's about the sound of being saved by the bell. Today's focus is not about the show, but it's about the sound of being saved by the bell. President Franklin D. Roosevelt says, those who have long enjoyed such privilege as we enjoy forget in time that men have died to win them. I'm going to say it again. Those who have long enjoyed such privileges as we enjoy forget in time that men have died to win them. I want to bring up a modern day hero that has often been forgotten about, but I want you to look at this from the standpoint of being saved by the bell. Benjamin Keith Clark is his name. Benjamin Keith Clark. Has anybody ever heard of his name today? Benjamin Keith Clark. He didn't serve as a police officer or fighter fighter on September 11, 2001, but he was working as an executive chef preparing, somebody say preparing, meals for those at the trust company on the 96th floor and the offices in the South Tower. And when the plane hit the building, he didn't try to escape the disaster himself, but instead he took the steps to guide others to safety. Benjamin Keith Clark responded to the sound. I'm going to say it to somebody else over here. Benjamin Clark responded to the sound. On 2001, I can only imagine the sounds that were going on in that place. There had to be fire alarms and police sirens and EMS sirens going on and there was a sound of chaos. But Benjamin Clark decided that he didn't care about himself, but he heard the sound of the hurting. Benjamin Clark began to realize that he heard the sound of the helpless. And though he was just preparing meals, Benjamin Clark decided that today is a day that I'm going to help somebody be saved by the bell. Benjamin realized that this was his moment, his chance to be able to help somebody else's child have their mother again. Benjamin had to realize that this was the opportunity to be able to have somebody's father be saved because of his heroic work, because he responded to the sound of the broken. See, Benjamin Clark was not just a normal executive chef, but he was a former Marine. And hallelujah, hoorah. And listen, you need to understand, he knew how to get out of dangerous situations. 
Oh, I'm already preaching in this place. <laughs> Hallelujah. He understood strategy to be able to move in areas that most people who are civilians do not know. But Benjamin Clark listened to the sound and responded in a way to be able to help a whole floor be saved. And not only did he save the 96th floor, but the people on the 88th floor. Do y'all hear me in this place? Some of you can't even climb one flight of steps. So on the 96th floor, all the way down to the 88th, he made sure that people that were handicapped, people who would not be able to survive, were able to make it. Benjamin Clark responded to the sound of trauma. And following that tragic event, the trust official credited Benjamin with saving, somebody say, hundreds of lives. It's hundreds of lives. He gave of himself to help others. <laughs> His life was survival of others, and the sound of the trauma and the battle turned into someone being saved by the bell. Is anybody glad this morning that you've been saved by the bell? I want to ask you a question, and I hope that you don't get offended by this question today, but it's something by way of the Holy Spirit, but I believe God is trying to help us today. And I'm going to ask it. I don't want you to respond, but I want you to write it down if you're taking notes. When was the last time you responded to the sound of others? When was the last time you responded to somebody else's cry? Of trauma. When was the last time you responded for somebody else's need? See, today it's very sobering this morning because we like to respond to fun. We like to respond to things that help us get better. We like to respond for things that are me, myself, and I. But God is challenging you today to humble yourself and to respond to the needs of others. How long will you be able to sit there and hear the sound of young women being trafficked and be okay with that? How long will you sit there and see your neighbors go to a burning hell and never open up your mouth to speak the gospel of Jesus Christ? How long will you be able to hear the sound of broken children who are hungry and need things that you have in your power that matter of fact, most of the time you throw away week after week with the food that you waste in your refrigerator? How long, how long can you be non-responsive? Imagine if that day, if Benjamin Clark said, I'm only going to save myself. Because I fully believe that when the time came, when he was supposed to be able to do what he was supposed to do, when he heard the sound, he would have been able to save himself. Now, Benjamin Clark had a wife and kids at home. And instead of bringing a legacy that I got out, he began to give a legacy that I saved hundreds of people. See, when you respond to the sound, of others and you begin to save them by the bell of their destruction and their trauma you will begin to see hundreds and hundreds saved from that one seed see as Christians I'm afraid that sometimes we become silent about the saving work of Jesus Christ we become silent hallelujah about all that God has done for us when was the last time you testified of the goodness of Jesus 
When was the last time that you told somebody that it was God and God alone who did it for me? Because sometimes we want to get all the credit and our own pride and our own selfishness and make it seem like we've done something. How many people know it's not about you this morning? That it is no goodness in our own. Hallelujah. But it's only by the grace of God. If you thank God for that grace, you ought to clap your hands and get excited. Somebody say, thank God I was saved by the bell. So today we need to be careful about the sounds that we hear. We have to be careful about the humanity that is around us, that we don't get so consumed and busy in our own lives that we forget that there is a dying world out there that needs us. We must be sensitive to that. My prayer life has so much changed from since I first believed. I used to just be so excited about my own salvation that I would forget about others. Come on, I know I'm not the only one. And I would just be thanking God for my relationship with God, with my personal relationship with God. And sometimes I would forget the need of others. Well, I want to take you to a, a powerful sound of battle that happened in 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 1 through 2. We're going to take time to go through this text, and then we're going to be out of here this morning. 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 1 through 2. When we look at 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 1 through 2, in an overview, the sound of battle comes to King Jehoshaphat. The Moabites, the Ammonites, and the Midianites are coming towards them, and you can see that there is a great multitude coming up against them. I don't know about you, how many people have been facing a multitude of problems in this place? It seems like the more that you try to do better, Pastor Devin, the more the enemy comes up against you. And Jehoshaphat, I like him because he decides, hallelujah, that when he hears the sound of the battle, he begins to do something great that I hope that we learn from this morning. So the sound of battle is coming, and this is not just one group of people, but this is a great multitude that's coming against him. I love how Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. says this. He says, the time is always right to do what's right. The time is always right to do what's right. And some of us are fighting battles that we did not cause ourselves. Some of us are fighting battles this morning and hearing the sound of the enemy from things that we have thought have been long gone and in our past. But how many people know the right thing to do is to be able to fight with the power of the Holy Spirit? See, let me help you this morning. It is not by your own power or your might, but it's by his spirit. And he is the one that fights and wins the battle. So today I would like to highlight a hero in scripture called King Jehoshaphat. He reigned as king from about 872 to 848 BC. And he was a great example like his father Asa. He accomplished a lot in his first reform. And I love it because he taught God's law and strengthened his kingdom. How many people know it is important around the people that are around you that you are strengthening them and not harming them? Let me help somebody by way of the Holy Spirit. Today you need to look at your circle and see if it brings you strength. Because I love how Asa began to look and see the law of God. And then Jehoshaphat followed after. As a family pattern, you got to be careful about what you're doing in front of your children. 
Because you can see Asa pattern himself in a way in front of King Jehoshaphat that he remembered what his dad did. So today we see Jehoshaphat removing idolatry. He taught the law and he strengthened his kingdom. If you look at 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verses 2 through 13, he gets us prepped and ready for the battle and the sound. Verse 3 through 13, Jehoshaphat responds to the sound of his fear. When you look at verse number 3 and 4 and 5 in that section, you can see Jehoshaphat actually became afraid. And instead of allowing his fear to be louder than his example, he decides to pray and fast. Let me help somebody this morning. When your fear comes upon you, it is absolutely mission critical for you to be able to pray and fast. Because how many people know your fear is not going to lead you in the right direction? I wish I had somebody today. Your fear today is not going to lead you into the path of righteousness, but your fear will lead you into destruction. And instead of you being saved by the bell, you'll just start to depend on yourself and your works and your pride and what you can do. But his fear moved him to prayer. The next part that I love about this is further on in the verse, he begins to acknowledge that he cannot win on his own. Point number two, you must acknowledge that you cannot win on your own. Now listen, King Jehoshaphat is the king. He is the ruler at this time. And I don't know about you, but when we're getting ready to go to battle, not only did he respond in fear, then turned around and went to prayer and fasting, he begins to announce in the sanctuary of the Almighty God that God, we are powerless against them. And I begin to look at this text, and Shiana, it began to help me question it in a great way. If I was following a king and we are getting ready to go in the middle of battle, the last thing I want to hear him say is that we are powerless. Come on, do I have a witness somewhere? The last thing I want to hear is we cannot do this. If I'm in the battle, I want to be able to hear the war strategy. I want to be able to hear what weapons we're getting ready to use. I want to be able to see what things that we got in a secret, secret place against them. I want to be able to find the bomb against the bomb against the bomb. That's what my strategy would have been. But I look at the text and the text declares that not only did he pray and fast, but he declares that he is powerless against them without the Lord. Let me help you some, with something this morning. You are powerless without the help of the Lord. Unless he has saved you by his power, unless he has saved and redeemed you, you are powerless against the enemy. And King Jehoshaphat begins to show us a mighty lesson that when we humble ourselves, God can do the impossible. So number one, he prays and he fasts. When fear comes and he hears the battle, he prays and he fasts. 
Number two, he acknowledges that he cannot win on his own, that we are powerless. Number three, he remembers and speaks out all that the Lord has done. Listen, there is power in the sound of your worship. I wish I had somebody. I said there is power in the sound of your worship. When I am going through sickness and pain, I am not singing flashlight and neon light. Hallelujah. When I'm going through my trial and my tribulation, Brother Demery, I'm not singing all I do is win, win, win no matter what. No, I'm declaring that he's Jehovah is his name, that he's a mighty warrior and great in battle because I'm reminding him, hallelujah, not only of his word, but I'm reminding my flesh of all that he has done. When I think about the goodness of Jesus and all that he does for me, my soul begins to cry out, hallelujah. And when my soul cries out, my flesh begins to move out the way. When you are in the midst of your battle, what is your war cry to your God? This began to absolutely mess me up because I remember times that I have gone through the worst situations in my life. And I had to really think about, Lisa, are you really praying and fasting? Are you really acknowledging that you are powerless without God? And finally, are you speaking all that the Lord has done? When the enemy begins to say to you, you will not make it, you need to declare that he, his promises declare that he came that I might have life and that more abundantly. When the enemy comes in like a flood, you need to be able to declare to that devil that I am more than a conqueror. When the enemy starts to come and say that you will not be healed from your infirmity, you need to be able to declare that he was wounded. For my transgression. He was bruised for my iniquity. The chastisement of my peace was upon him, and by every one of his stripes I'm healed. See, some of us are having battles in our mind, not because we don't have the victory, but because we forget to think and think. Somebody ought to say, Think and think. Come on, somebody say it louder than that this morning. Somebody say, Think and think. When you think, you ought to think. When you think about how far he has brought you, you ought to start thanking God. When you start thinking about how you really should have messed all of this up, but his grace and his mercy and his love towards you loved you past yourself. And that should cause something to thank in you that can't be contained. Do you know what scares me as a worship leader? I lead worship all over. And I see people who purposely won't thank God. I'm not talking about being fanatical, but I'm just talking about thanking him for all that he has done. And you know, Pastor Devin, they always say to me, well, you know, it doesn't take all of that. But you know what? The devil is a liar because when I see some of those same people at the stadium, when they're looking at their favorite football team or looking at their favorite basketball team, and they're, they're, I mean, I'm not, I don't have nothing against King LeBron or whoever he is or Michael Jordan. I'm not trying to offend you and get it on your street this morning. But whenever they do, whatever they do, I don't know about you, but you can hear the thunder sometimes all the way outside. But when it comes to the almighty God, 
We, 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 we figure we, we, can't, we can't say nothing about the power at that time. In worship, all we can do is just lift up our hands, but we can never open up our mouth and declare what God has done. I dare somebody right now to stand up on your feet and begin to give God a crazy praise just because uh, he's a good God uh, and allow the sound of your worship. Come on, somebody shout the sound of your worship. Come on, talk about all that he's done. Talk about the way that he's made. Talk about how he's done it for you. Come on, I want to hear a sound this morning. I want to hear a sound this morning. Not for yourself, but for all he has done. Hallelujah. Come on, remind him, remind him. Remind him this morning. Remind him this morning. Hallelujah. Of how great he is. Hallelujah. 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 Take your seat if you can. Oh, I feel the power of the Holy Ghost this morning. If you feel the power of the Holy Ghost, you ought to just say amen. Hallelujah. Sometimes you have to learn to take those breaks in the kitchen. Sometimes you got to learn to take those breaks in the bathroom. Hallelujah. Sometimes you have to learn to take those breaks wherever you are and just begin to think and thank him for all that he has done. And some of you will be able to see your depression go away. Some of you will be able to see, hallelujah, your situation turn around from giving him thanks. Verse 17, the chief musician has the spirit of the Lord come upon him. And it is so important when we see how this is set up in the text, Pastor Shiana, when they not only gather together, somebody say it's power when we're together. Come on, somebody say there's power when we're together. When they're all in one place and they begin to pray, everybody say together. Come on, I need a church this morning. Say everybody say together. So they're all in one place praying Oh, somebody going to get it next week. I said they're all in one place praying to. And not only are they praying together, Sister Angel, they are fasting what? And then they acknowledge that the battle does not belong to them together. And then finally we begin to see that people get inspired to hear the voice of God. Some of you who are struggling to hear the voice of God, you need to make sure that you're together. And I'm not talking about being together by yourself. Some of you think that, you know, I really don't need to come to church every week. I really don't need to be a part of a life group. I really don't need to be connected to a ministry because I can hear God for your, myself. But how many people know when the enemy comes in like a flood? I don't know where I would be if I didn't have a community of believers when the enemy was speaking to me, death and destruction, and telling me to give up. But I had a group of saints who prayed with me, who fasted with me, and told me I can make it. See, Pastor Devin says this, and we need to really get this because he keeps saying it so we can hear it. You were not meant to do life alone. 
Something happens when the saints begin to get together. Something happens when the saints begin to fast. Something happens when we lift up our voice and make a sound. You're not just making audible sound waves. You are declaring the greatness of your God. And listen, this is what the part that's exciting. I love this worship team because we already talked about this in the lesson. The chief musician is the one that the Spirit of the Lord comes upon. Now, why is that important? That might not mean a whole bunch to y'all, but it means something to me. Because the king, or the leader of that time, had to be lined up with the chief musician at that time. And they couldn't have two separate messages, but they had to have the same message. So the leader declared, we can't do this without the help of God. And then the other leader who was leading the rest of the people said, guess what? You don't have to fight this battle, but the battle belongs to the Lord. See, listen, some of you need to realize today that you are not saying and lining up with the leader and the voice of the almighty God that's in your life. And so when your leader is telling you you can make it, when the Holy Spirit is leading you and telling you you don't have to fight this battle alone, some of you are saying, I'll never be able to do it. I might as well give up. I might as well throw in the towel. But how many people know I want to be one with the Holy Spirit today? I don't want to be speaking two different messages in the sanctuary of our God. Some of you need to check your messaging. Some of you need to be able to check what God has given you. So the chief musician says, you will not need to fight. Somebody say, you will not need to fight. Come on, if you believe it today, somebody say, you will not need to fight. In this battle, stand firm and hold your position and see the salvation of the Lord on your behalf. Oh, Judah and Jerusalem, and do not be afraid and do not be dismayed because tomorrow you will go out against them and God will be with you. Verse 21 is so powerful to me because it is the sound that is saved by the bell. Verse 21, you see, then Jehoshaphat sends the appointed singers to go out before the army. And then there's power in the sound of the song of the redeemed. Now, wait a minute. Now, wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> Brother Jefferson, you said today that the singers went first in the battle. Now, I just told you in the beginning of the text that there was a great multitude and army of people coming. And instead of God giving Jehoshaphat the strategy of war, he begins to give him the strategy of worship. I'm going to say that again. Instead of giving him the strategy of war, he begins to give him the strategy of worship. And instead of fighting the battle with carnal things, he began to send the worshipers. I wish somebody would hear me today. He begins to hear the people who know that God made a way out of no way. He begins to send them first in the front. So if I was their enemies, and I see that the thing that you saved by the bell was singers, I would think you're a pretty weak king. Some of us, if we would have looked at this text, we would have said, not only do you not know what you're doing, but you're sending the people out on the front to be killed. Okay, listen. How many people know sometimes God will, will move in your life and it's unconventional? Yeah. 
Oh, I wish I had somebody in the house. Sometimes God will move in your life and it's unconventional. I'm not talking about weird, but I'm talking about unconventional. Lisa, what do you mean? When you lose your son and you and your husband have been praying for a baby and you decide to lift up your hands and bless the Lord, oh my soul, that's a little bit unconventional. When the doctor gives you news that you can't make it and you won't be able to take it anymore and you decide to lift up your worship and make a sound, hallelujah, that the enemy will know that you got the victory, that's a little unconventional. Some of you have to get unconventional with your battle this morning. Some of you have been fighting the same thing over and over and over again, and you think that you're going to get it done the same old way. But I came by way of the Holy Spirit today to be able to say, when we make this sound at the end of this sermon, I'm believing that God will make a way. If you believe it, come on, somebody ought to shout, Amen. Verse 21, Jehoshaphat sends the appointed singers. And then this is, begins to happen, and it absolutely amazes me. You look at verse 22 and 24, and I'm getting ready to be out of here. 22 and 24, we see that God begins to respond to the sound of the ringing of the praises of his people. God begins to respond to the ringing of the sound, hallelujah, of his people. And not only do they win the battle, hallelujah, without fighting, they absolutely destroy their enemy. I brought this picture up so you can see it. Listen, those were an um, adaptation of the first century um, at that time, the symbols of that day. And when I began to study Sister Shiana and see the symbols of this day, it looks a lot like a bell to me. And when you look at it, you begin to see how they would make sounds not only with their hands but with their, their mouth to be able to declare the armies of the almighty God. Woo! I wish somebody would hear me today. When you see, hallelujah, your battle coming up against you, that is not the time to be silent. That is the time that you ought to be lifting up your hands and open up your mouth and giving God the best praise that you have because as you begin to praise him, he begins to fight on your so King Jehoshaphat goes out and tells the singers to go first. They begin to sing, great is the Lord and his mercy endureth forever. They begin to declare all that he has done. And this is the part that messes me up. Their enemy turns against themselves and is defeated. Wait a minute, hold on. I said their enemy turns against themselves before they fight the battle. Just because of what happens with the sound of being saved by the bell. <laughs> Hallelujah. And their enemy turns against themselves and they're defeated. Now, Pastor Devin, what messed me up in the text was, now, it says for three days. Everybody say for three days. It took them three days to pick up, Pastor Eli, all the reward that they had with their enemy. Now, I got to ask another question of the text. Now, if I'm going to battle, Sister Maia, why would I bring all of my treasures with me to the battle? If I'm the enemy, I'm trying to be as lightweight as possible and only bringing the weapons of destruction. 
But when this crowd of enemies came up against Jehoshaphat, they began to bring their rewards with them. And that bothered me in the text at first until I read it for real. And when I begin to read it with my heart, I begin to see that when your worship goes out and the sound of heaven comes out, the windows of heaven begin to open up. And those same enemies that laughed at you, those same enemies who told you you couldn't make it, have to be the same enemies that reward you later. I believe that God, I'm not just talking about financial blessings. I'm talking about the reward of my generational curses of alcoholism being broken. I'm talking about being, being able to see this city saved and set free by the power of the Holy Spirit. That's what happens when we release the sound. So not only did they begin to win the battle, not only, and they, they won the battle without fighting. Somebody say without fighting. They won it with a sound. Then they were richly rewarded with three days of spoil. And they were saved by the ringing praises of his people. And not only did they get saved by the ringing praises of his people, they began to get street cred against their enemy. Now one thing about me, most people who know me, they know I love God. And to most people, that's embarrassing. To most people, they say, well, you know, you shouldn't be a holy roller like that. But how many people know, I'm, I'm glad about the street cred that I walk around with. Because you know what? When those same friends are in trouble, who do they call on to pray? When those same people need a prayer through, who do they call on? They call on the holy roller. And all of a sudden, I go from being Lily to Pastor Lisa over the phone. Why? Because they know that I understand the power of a sign. So listen, street cred began to be there because they saw how awesome his, their God was. Let me help you with something. He is getting ready to bless you in such a way when you win this victory that the sound of it will go everywhere where you'll be able to say, I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. My final point, and then I'm getting out your way. If you've been blessed by the word of God, somebody ought to say hallelujah. The ultimate season finale. So we see that he did it for Jehoshaphat. We see that he did it for Benjamin Clark. But I wanted to talk about the ultimate season finale and the final episode called Amazing Grace. <laughs> Jesus heard our need for a savior. Oh, I wish I had somebody today. Jesus understood that we had a need for a Savior. And I don't know what your day was, but there had to be a day where you cried out and you were hoping that a God of all salvation would hear you so you could be saved by the bell. I don't know about you, but I have messed up in my life. And I have needed the power of a living Savior. And I didn't need somebody to where I would be able to speak and he wouldn't be able to hear. But I'm so grateful that when I cried out and confessed with my mouth and I believed in my heart the Lord Jesus, he heard my cry and saved me. 
The first Adam put us into sin, but the second Adam took, had brought us out. Hallelujah. And when we look at the greatest story that has ever been told, hell thought that they were going to win. They placed Jesus on a cross called Calvary. And when you see Calvary, all you begin to hear was the ringing of the nails that were in his hands. All you begin to hear was the ringing of the nails in his feet. And all the world went dark because it looked like no one was going to be saved by the bell. But I'm so grateful this morning that he didn't stop when the ringing was tearing his flesh. That he didn't stop when the ringing began to suffocate him. But Jesus decided to die. Oh, hallelujah. The ringing in his arms, the ringing in his feet. When the soldier pierced him in his side, Jesus, his body limped and sacrificed as a sacrificial lamb. And all of hell began to create a sound that they had won. But how many people are glad today, hallelujah, that our Jesus did not stay on that bloody cross. Because when he died, and this is the part that messed me up. Do you know when he let out the sound, after suffering for a sin that he did not commit, for taking on the sins of the world so we can be redeemed. Do you know how powerful it was when he began to let all of heaven, all of earth hear, it is finished. Because when he began to declare, it is finished, not only did he fulfill every single promise, but he declared, it is finished for your brokenness. It is finished for your healing. It is finished for your deliverance. It is finished for your victory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody ought to get excited. As you stand up to your feet. The greatest story that has ever been told is not that he was just on Calvary's cross, but that he rose again with all power. He did not let the grave stop him. I'm sure to the onlookers who were looking on, when they heard the sound of that stone being rolled in front of that tomb, that tomb they probably figured it's all over for us. There's nothing else here for us to, to be able to see or hear. Our hero, he was able to work a couple miracles and do something that we've never seen. But that sound seems final. I came to speak to the broken today. Some of you are feeling like life has finalized your dreams. That life has finalized what God has said about you. But I came by way of the Holy Spirit to let you know that you've been saved by the bell. You have a second chance in him today. Now, whether you are walking with him as, as Lord and Savior or you have been walking with him a very long time, how many people know sometimes we need to be encouraged by the sound of our Father? And I'm so grateful that our sound of redemption does not come from Bayside High School. 
but it comes from the power of the Holy Spirit through Jesus Christ. Today, I want to encourage you to be saved by the bell. When you hear the sound of redemption in your heart, when you hear the sound of encouragement, you need to begin to speak what he says about you. He calls you more than a conqueror. He calls you healed and whole. He calls you his son and his daughter. So today we can be encouraged because we've been saved by the bell. One more time, I want you to just lift up your hands in the sanctuary of our God. And I want you to just begin to make a sound in this place and just seal the deal. Just like Jesus did when he rose from the grave. And I'm so grateful that not only did he rose from the grave, but he's coming back for a church, hallelujah, without spot or wrinkle. Come on, open up your mouth and give him glory in this place. Hallelujah. 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 Glory. Thanks for tuning in to the Revival Tabernacle Podcast. Wherever you may be listening from, we hope that this message encourages you in the unwavering, unconditional love of Jesus Christ. Join us as we reach sinners, raise believers, and release leaders.